0: Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott.
1: I start the program today with an old Anglican prayer. What we know not teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. The problem of evil has baffled humanity for centuries. There are various attempts for an answer. But an examination of this problem reveals only three major alternatives. First, evil exists God doesn't. This is the atheistic alternative. Second, God exists, but evil doesn't. This is the pantheistic alternative. Third, God and evil both exist. This is the theistic alternative. I have not finished discussing the first alternative, the atheistic one, that evil exists, but God doesn't. Let me review what we know at this point. We need to make the distinction between the intellectual and the emotional problem of evil. The intellectual problem comes in two forms, the logical version and the probabilistic version. According to the logical version, The claim is that it is logically impossible that God and evil can coexist. God and evil are perceived to be like the irresistible force and the immovable object. People commonly think that if God exists, then evil cannot exist. And if evil exists, then God cannot exist. Thus, since obviously evil exists, then it follows using that common interpretation that God does not exist. This logical interpretation of the problem of evil has prevailed for centuries up until the recent decades. As I have said, The problem with this interpretation is that there is no rational reason to think that God and evil are logically incompatible with each other. The common interpretation about God and evil is actually false reasoning. After all, there is no explicit contradiction between them. If the atheist means that there is somehow an implicit contradiction between God and evil, then he must be assuming some hidden premises which would serve to bring out this contradiction and make it explicit. But the problem is that no philosopher has ever been able to successfully identify such premises. Epicurus David Hume, J.L. Mackey, H.G. Wells, and Bertrand Russell attempted a classical problem of evil argument which included two additional premises. The first premise says, an all-good, all-powerful God exists. Premise two, if God is all-good, He will destroy evil. Premise 3. If God is all powerful, he can destroy evil. Premise 4. But evil is not destroyed. Conclusion. Therefore, there is no all good, all powerful God. But their attempt failed because they made two major mistakes in their classical problem of evil argument. If there were, in fact, contradiction in these premises, there must be also two other additional conclusions, namely, God exists but is not all good, or God exists but is not all powerful. That's the first mistake. I've shown that There is no contradiction between God and evil by adding another premise. God has morally sufficient reasons for permitting evil in the world. If there is no contradiction in the argument with these three premises, then there was none when we had only two. The second mistake made in this classical problem of evil argument is that evil would have been destroyed by now if God were capable or wanted to. But then we can change the classical argument by inserting the word yet in the fourth premise. So now premise four reads, evil is not yet destroyed. Now we can reformulate the conclusion so that it would read, therefore, evil will be destroyed eventually. This agrees with what the Bible teaches. It is widely recognized among contemporary philosophers that the logical version of the problem of evil has failed to prove any contradiction between God and evil, and thus the logical problem of evil has, in truth, evaporated. The coexistence of God and evil is logically possible. Remember this fact. In discussing the evil no god alternative, it is profitable to see the implications of an atheistic universe. Scripture says, wisdom is justified by all its children. So let's see some of the children of atheism. The human heart cries out for meaning, value, and purpose. But these are precisely the things that are denied in an atheistic cosmos. In episode 3, I said that atheism always leads to nihilism. Nihilism is literally nothingism, meaning the total rejection of any transcendent values or ultimate meaning. Since nihilism is self-defeating, and since atheism leads to nihilism, it follows that atheism is ultimately self-defeating. In the book, River Out of Eden, Richard Dawkins, one of the high priests of the religion of atheism, and the Darwinian evolutionary guru, writes, quotes, In the universe of electrons, selfish genes, Blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Others are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason in it. No justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. He adds DNA neither cares nor knows, it just is, and we dance to its music. End quote. Also, without God, we have no basis for morality. This means that values such as right and wrong and good and bad are totally relative and have no foundation. If a human being is the product of an accidental collocation location of molecules in an ultimately impersonal universe, human values such as honesty, brotherhood, love, and equality have no more significance than treachery, selfishness, injustice, hatred, and prejudice. Let the ramifications of that sink into your thinking. Dostoevsky said, if there is no God and therefore no immortality of the soul, there can be no virtue, And therefore, everything is permitted. Human beings are stripped of purpose in a godless reality. An impersonal cosmos is bereft of purpose and plan. In the final analysis, life moves from disorder, decay, and death with little hope in between. It is, as Macbeth said, a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Atheists blast Christianity for the Crusades and the Spanish Inquisition. But what is their explanation for all the deaths in the 20th century, including the gas chambers of Auschwitz, Treblinka, and Majdanek, sponsored by Hitler's Nazi regime in Germany, killing over 6 million Jews and 10 million Christians. Or the 18 million or more deaths in Stalin's USSR, the more than 70 million deaths in Mao's China, the mass destruction of over one-third of the population in the killing fields of Paul Potts, Cambodia. In an interview with Peter Robinson on Hoover Institute's program, on Uncolon Knowledge, David Berlinski says that from 1914 to 1945, the number of deaths attributable to to atheistic governments were well over 200 million. The common characteristic of these governments is atheism. It is hard to know what to say to someone who would overlook those deaths or refuse to assign blame to those governments. The problem of evil is now used against God and is championed by people with the same atheistic worldview of those governments who were behind the unprecedented number of deaths in the 20th century. Let me list problems with the atheistic alternative. First, the reason the atheistic alternative is false is because the classical problem of evil argument fails. Second. Atheism leads to nihilism, and that is self-defeating. Thus, ultimately, atheism is self-defeating. You can review this by consulting Episodes 2 and 3 of Defending and Commending the Faith. Third, my proof found in Episodes 54 and 55 that the first cause of the universe is identical to the God of the Bible, shows that the atheistic alternative is false. Fourth, in several episodes, I dealt with 12 points that showed Christianity is true in its fundamental doctrines. The God of the Bible exists. Moreover, miracles are possible. These are the acts of God. In particular, the greatest miracle is the beginning of the universe. From the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus, I conclude Jesus is the Son of God and the Bible is the Word of God. Any worldview that is contrary to any fundamental doctrine of Christianity is false in that area. That worldview could be true in other areas. Since atheism denies that God exists, the atheistic alternative is consequently false in that area. Fifth, the atheistic alternative is also false because atheists deny the design argument. The face of Mount Everest is best explained by natural forces of wind, erosion, and the like, but the face of Mount Rushmore required an intelligent agent. Do we have a rigorous way to distinguish between them? When archaeologists discover an oddly shaped rock, they have two basic options. Is it a tool, designed, or is it merely an odd-shaped chunk of rock, chance and necessity? Similarly, Ripple marks in the sound on a beach can be explained by the random motion of waves, whereas the message, Joe Loves Murdy, drawn in the Sand, indicates design. William A. Dembski offers a criterion for design in the recommended book, The Design Infront. I will show in the next episode my promised design argument. When I was teaching, I could look my students in the eyes and determine if they were following what I was teaching, or if they had a question or needed clarification. I don't have that luxury in this medium, so I encourage you to send your questions or comments to the station. I will appreciate them and do my best to respond.
0: with Joe Mott.